Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, with these newsworthy updates. In the opinion of the Observer's columnist John R. Schindler, the spy revolt against Trump has begun. Indeed, the U.S. intelligence community is reacting aggressively to a White House it considers is full of leaks, dishonesty, and has been compromised by Putin's Kremlin and his spy network. In the meantime, Stephen Miller, President Donald Trump's senior policy advisor, spent this Sunday morning on popular political talk shows trying to defend the Trump administration's positions regarding a variety of issues, including the president's insistence that there was large-scale voter fraud in 2016. Valiantly, though somewhat awkwardly, Stephen Miller tried to explain the president's insistence that he lost the popular vote because of three million illegal voters. Just three weeks into his presidency, many gamblers are betting Donald Trump will not make it through one term, and global gambling houses are accepting bets that President Trump will resign or be impeached, and the odds aren't long. Now join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Why are police photographing our license plates? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and I'm always excited to talk to Andrea Miller, We're talking on the first day of February. Andrea Miller is a former congressional candidate to represent Virginia's 4th District. She's both the founder of uh, and the IT director of People Demanding Action. Andrea was the Democratic nominee in 2008. I may have mentioned that for the House of Representatives. She ran on a Medicare for All clean energy platform. Andrea was endorsed by uh, the Progressive Democrats of America and California Nurses, the Sierra Club. And I should mention, of course, the obvious, the first day of February, it is the first Black History Month in the Trump administration. There is um, an anti-Asian hate crimes are on the rise in L.A. The Women's March on the 21st of January was a global mass 
peaceful assembly that dwarfed the attendance of Trump's inaugural. There's protests against the anti-Muslim ban of Trump continue at American airports, continue to grow, continue to be peacefully. And there are, of course, continuing, lest we forget, NAACP demonstrations for equality and justice for all, and so many other uh, issues, mass incarceration, voting rights. We're going to try and get to it all. Finally, a reminder for our audience of the 13th Amendment, passed and ratified in 1865 to the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, declared that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Now, I know I've thrown out a lot, but Andrea, where are we headed when Senate Republicans, for instance, can suspend committee rules and do whatever they want? Well, the Democrats are out of the room. Yes. say, and, and so do you, the, the fight has to be, first of all, nonviolent, and it has to be grassroots up, it has to be locally focused. I think we, even though you and I, you know, you, you, know, you, you taught me so much following you around on the Hill as you petitioned uh, office after office of uh, uh, members of Congress, but I think also you are incredibly active in Richmond, Virginia, in the General Assembly there with both the Republicans and the Democrats, both houses of the Virginia's General Assembly. And perhaps our biggest lesson is when members of Congress come home to their constituents, unless they've been so red-mapped and gerrymandered into uh, you know, safe and secure re-elections, that's the time to speak to them at their local office as well. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, we need to 
As you say, the Muslims and the scientists, you know, he does these photo ops, uh, but clearly there have already been recommendations, both, of course, obviously there have been people calling for his impeachment. I still think he's his own worst enemy. I just hope the rest of us can survive until he gets there, but we must, we must act. We can't wait for him to defeat himself. But there have been also calls, I understand, or predictions that Within a year, either Trump will be gone or the Republic will be gone. That's a broad generalization, but I, I think we need to stop talking about how, oh, well, it's, it's just Trump, he's different, he's unusual in new territory, and start realizing this is the territory because he's establishing it every, more and more every day. Your thoughts? Right, right, right. Well, again, Hitler Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. In looking at the aerial view. Yes. 800,000 to one and a half million. Wow. And that was just in the city of Washington, D.C. Exactly. Six million worldwide. Mm. Women marching in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Women don't march in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. You know, it, it was and remains for me, I think, one of the greatest experiences I've ever been able to watch. I was sick, so I was home, but I was on TV and tweeting and doing... It just... It was such a mass of humanity, uh, and not necessarily agreeing on, on everything, but they were there with at least an overall single purpose, and that was to send a message. We will not stand for what you are doing. Now, how do we follow through from the Women's March? Clearly, the, the ban on whatever you call it, either it's not a ban or it's an anti-Muslim ban or it's a traveling ban or it's an alternative fact or whatever. The, not only what Trump and Bannon and, and the gang are doing, but the way they did it met with a tremendous response, which I think fed off of the Women's March. What do you think? Hundreds of a vote is so that a 
I'd like to remind everyone that uh, Andrea Miller is an IT director. She knows about computers. I know this personally. and knows how to program, teach, teach people how to use them. She's taught me a lot about computers, and that's, that's quite a challenge. So when she speaks about this, how technically the people who own the computers and calculating our votes, she knows of what she speaks. And you're right. I, I've written about that, too. We don't need Russians to steal our elections. We've been doing very well at that for quite some time. What? Let me ask you, uh, because you, you touched on something about I'm, everyone keeps arguing about who's at fault for Trump's election. And there's enough blame to go around, but uh, and not the least of which are the voting machines. But I find particularly those who did not vote. I'd like you to speak to that a bit. And also, what message do you have before we go to break for the millennials? Uh, did they vote? Did they not vote? Are they catching on? Because I see a lot of young faces in the Women's March and at Dulles Airport. There were uh, faces of every, of every generation, I thought. What do you, what do you think? This is, well, we're going to take a break. That's quite a bombshell to drop. We're going to take a break, but come back. I'd like you to tell us, I'd like you to support that statement, and I know you can. Stay with us. We're talking to Andrea Miller. We will get to Richmond General Assembly, but I want to leave you with the point that 
Stop thinking Democrats and Republicans, we're all Americans, whether we can agree on everything or not. We've got to work together and we've got to realize there are faults on both sides of the aisle. We'll be back and I'm going to ask Andrea to explain to me that last thing she said. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. When Jason Bateman is in a film, we generally know what to expect. A good-natured everyman caught in comedic situations, stressing a white bread life. Perhaps that is why he decided to shake things up a bit in bad words. His feature film directorial debut. Guy Trilby, Bateman, is a decidedly unlikable man. A bitter 40-year-old on a mission to win an 8th grade spelling bee. Slithering through a regulation loophole, Guy slashes and connives his way toward the championship with strategies for eliminating competitors, both cringeworthy and hilarious. Of course, this odd series of events draws attention, bringing an intrepid reporter trying to get to the bottom of Guy's motivations and spelling be officialdom, frustrated in their attempts to stamp out his quest. Understand, this is an adult-targeted comedy that brings a fair share of its many laughs from deep within the politically correct trash can. Be warned, discomfort often plays a large part in comedy, but when reprehensible actions involve children, the ground can begin to shake. In the end, Bad Words is a fun journey to take with Mr. Bateman. So, leave your easily offended self at the door and be ready to laugh. Or please pick another indie for your fun. Bad Words. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. We're talking with Andrea Miller, who um, is the founder and IT director of People Demanding Action. She has tremendous experience politically and knowledge of computers. We've been talking about a lot of things, mostly about what's going on or what went on in the 2016 election. Having said that, back to that fiery ending to our last segment, Andrea, you said how many people had their votes stolen in 2016, and then tell us how you know that. Um, well, again, it goes into the millions. Let's say it was 20 million. We already know that there's about 7 million people that would not have been able to vote because of the cross-check system. Mm-hmm. And that is actively in effect in 21 different states. So if somebody in, say, Alabama is named, let me see, let me come up with a good name, Shantae Brown. Gotcha, okay. And then there happens to be another person in Georgia named Shantae Brown. Which there probably is. Shantae Browns are going to be removed from the system in based on cross-check. Oh, we've got two people with the same name. It's obviously an African-American name. Mm-hmm. And they must be voting in two different states. Now, one of the interesting things that came out is Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared. He's registered to vote in oh, yes. New York. Oh, yes. And he's registered to vote in a couple of places. Yes. Doesn't mean he votes in all those places. But again, there is 
section, but it has three. Mm. As do a number of the top teams. They have two and or three active voter registrations, but they don't have black names or Hispanic names, mm. so they're not picked up by the cross-check system. Yes. Now, here's the other thing. As I said, one of the biggest issues with cross-check is they don't necessarily tell people that you've been removed from the voter rolls. And if you don't vote in every election, you are, and there are a number of people that only vote in presidential elections, they still have once every four years. Yes. A lot of people got a root surprise. Wow. In Virginia, uh-huh. when we were doing duo TV calls, we called people and we asked them, please check and make sure you are still currently registered to vote. So that it was not that big a surprise in Virginia. Virginia is no longer part of the cross-check system. But states where the top of their ticket is Republican, they are part of the cross-check system. Remember, under Governor Bob McDonald back in 2009, in 2011, Virginia was part of the cross-check system. Mm. So we are no longer under Governor McDonald, but there was a period of time when we were. And so remember, Governor McDonald basically was inaugurated in Bob McDonald 2009, four years. That's 2013, so roughly wild time flies. 
certainly can add up. It's like the like the three or four Senator Al Frank. Senator. Unnecessary. It was in the way. He has not been a close 
sponsor of a single piece of voter empowerment legislation that has been introduced since he has been in the Senate. He doesn't support voting rights. So consequently, how and why are we going to expect that he is going to support and defend them? Let's look at marijuana laws. States are voting to remove marijuana as a schedule, um, I believe it's one substance, saying, you know what, we're going to regulate it just like we regulate alcohol. You need to be an adult, you need to be mentally capable of making decisions, and Based on that, we will sell it, we will tax it, we will treat it exactly as it's alcohol. Mm. Well, is very much against that. And again, that's a huge part of criminal justice reform. Look at the hundreds of people that the president basically pardoned because of drug offenses. Yes. These are not people who are out murdering people, raping children. These are people who have made what could be considered questionable personal decisions, mm-hmm. but these are not hardened criminals. Many who have been sentenced to 10, 20 years in prison for, in many instances, a very questionable act mm-hmm. of abuse. Jeffrey Sessions does not support any form of marijuana legalization. So he obviously would not be someone who would defend the state's rights to say, look, we've legalized, our citizens voted for it, this is what we want to do. So when we look at what our laws currently are and how our laws are evolving, this is not the man to mm. enforce the laws as they currently are in the book. He's stuck somewhere in a little time warp in the 1940s or 50s. Yes. You know, uh, we're running out of time, but I do want to connect to this, especially as we're speaking about Senator Sessions and his uh, possibility of being the next attorney general. We know about Trump's firing the acting attorney general, but let's hook back to uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia for uh, the little time we have left. Speaking of voter registration, there's HB 1430, I think it is, and and also the restoration of rights of people it used to be assumed that when you went to jail okay you did your time and then you're out and now okay you've been rehabilitated and and certain rights return to you like voting rights however that's not true in the commonwealth of virginia and kentucky and um, at least one other state florida and iowa yes so how are these bills What's happening to them, I guess, in the time we have left in the General Assembly?
an individual voter registration. So if you want to pay people by the week, you want to pay them by the month, go ahead. But we're not going to have this, you know, for every voter registration you collect to get $25. So that particular part is something where the voting house was 96 to 2. So basically the Democrats went along with the Republicans saying, you know, okay, this makes sense. If we're going to pay people to register voters, then, you know, either it's the job or it isn't. You know, don't set up this weird criteria where it's going to encourage people to just try to do pump up their numbers without really doing the job. Gotcha. So you're, you're going to give people the job, we want them to do it. Now, the Senate bill, SB871, has not yet been gutted, but we know that if it will not pass in the Senate, we really don't expect that. And even if it did, if it came to the House, it would be defeated. Yeah. So... that being received in Richmond? Well, at this particular point, the bill has never been heard in committee. Uh. There has been no committee vote. People demanding action, we put out an advocacy alert telling people to ask the senator to oppose SJ223 and ask them instead to support SJ319. Okay. All right. We do, we do need to go. I just want to say that uh, we've been talking to Andrea Miller. As always, it's incredibly informative. She's the founder and IT director of PeopleDemandingAction.org. 
I suggest at the very least you visit the site. It is full of information and links to other places where you can get even more information. That's peopledemandingaction.org. At the top of the show, I mentioned just a few of the many things that are going on. The Women's March, uh, the NAACP demonstrations, what Andrea shared with us about what's going on in Alabama. Americans are waking up, and they need to, because um, Trump factor is taking over. And if we stay at home eating pizza and watching the big screen, we're going to miss it all. Andrea, you want to add any last uh, takeaway for us, a call to action, if you will, peopledemandingaction.org? What do you what do you leave us with? Um, there is a tremendous opportunity to get active, and you can pick where you want to take action. Visit our new issue advocacy site at www.pdaction.org. P is in Peter, V as in David, action.org. You will find all of our current advocacy alerts there, even the ones for Virginia. Excellent. Thank you so much, Andrea. Andrea Miller, for being on the show today. We wish you all the best, and please keep those emails coming to me and let me know you know, what I can do on radio, online, or in, in person. Okay? I'm always there for you. All the best now. Bye-bye. Stay with us, as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice. Another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. To call the films of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman an overture to human suffering would be an understatement. But Hoffman brought a unique vitality to his roles. He had an unflinching ability to peel back our everyday lives to expose just how strange our mundane world is. Synecdoche, New York, writer Charlie Kaufman's directorial debut, is no exception. Called the best movie of the decade by Roger Ebert, Synecdoche ushers us into the bizarre life of theater director Caden Cotard, played by Hoffman. A legion of doctors leads him down a bureaucratic labyrinth of diagnoses, and his box office attendant's house is perpetually on fire. After receiving a prestigious MacArthur Genius Grant, Caden begins to assemble a cast of amateur actors and build a copy of the real world inside of a warehouse. Everyone he knows and meets, including himself, becomes a character. It's the ultimate performance piece, and when the lines between acting and life begin to blur, we start to wonder if there was ever a difference in the first place. Brutal, but full of moments that reveal Kaufman's signature imaginative vision. This is a powerhouse indie that delivers on all that's promised. Synecdoche, New York. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Film lovers will enjoy visiting IndieFilmMinute.com, finding great film discovery in the archives, and challenging thought in our blog. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Trump's Kekistocracy America versus We the People. The only wall between Donald Trump and his inheriting the power to torture, detain suspects indefinitely, disregard constitutional law, convene secret courts, capitalize on his brand, and, without any military experience, command armed forces to operate beyond the reach of civilian law, is our peaceful assembly.
as in many cities hoisted signs by west palm beach protest marchers connote a democracy in action range of issues and america bannon and trump will never abide so let's now focus our attention on connecting the dots to the roots causing our twenty-first century divided we fall state the military industrial complex is hurting america through death by a thousand cuts jim crow joe mccarthy the nineteen sixties assassinations lbj's gulf of tonkin lie nixon's dirty tricks ford's pardon regulation haters promoting government as the only problem reneging on trickle-down promises bush cheney middle class destroying a global shift in wealth distribution leaving americans struggling in patriot act quicksand of oil wars too big to fail suspension of habeas corpus warrantless surveillance and fourth amendment violations like sneak and peek these are the poisons that have sickened america with donald j trump for nothing not even the vilest of us comes from nothing but for our comeback one resist gender religious racial sexual banking political bigots and their corporate demagogues two resist in our purchases boycotts contacting elected officials petitions nonviolent protests and like james madison distrust all those in power three always remember democrats have been proud dixiecrats and both yellow and blue dogs but republicans have been nothing like lincoln's emancipation of the union since teddy roosevelt bullmoosed the bully pulpit once this civics triumvirate becomes the foundation of our collective redress of grievances we will triumph as lincoln intended government of by and for all the people then on the shoulders of the ideals of our founding fathers and frederick douglas susan b anthony suffragettes the greatest generation marian anderson eleanor roosevelt dr martin luther king jr bobby kennedy and congressman john lewis we march in defense of all our dreams and all our dreamers as victorious world war ii veterans transcended into baby boomers family names like dulles rockefeller dupont hyatt walton coke bush mars and goldman stole the peace the allies had won those who support trump should fear global economic elites who are the birthers of the mega wealthy one percent and not the college educated the greatest enemy of the state is the shadow government that perhaps the fbi identified as the infamous seventh floor group the deep state housed beneath the state department building seven floors underground arguably this body of gold diggers is determined to keep the entire political spectrum of american citizens as human footstools and to the degree we continue to fight among ourselves we are their greatest allies in our demise our best defense open hearts and minds to the salvation of different points of view leaving alternative facts to unpresidential tweets trump is our wake-up call corporatism's one percent delights in dividing and conquering the ninety-nine percent with marketing labels media self-blinded by ratings war and bigots exchanging their sheets for alt-right breitbart brixit camouflage 
our visions need envision coalition and our marches rallies and causes coalescence before peaceful assembly becomes bloody rebellion and violence begets violence becomes the pretext for another unconstitutional executive order while we are focused on shoving our political pendulum backward versus forward we miss that we're being brainwashed by exploitation of religious beliefs economic fears individual prejudices and a keep it simple stupid fourth estate although the repulsive whitehead on a festering infection trump is far from the first time our american democratic republic has been threatened by corporate greed corrupting government false advertising sedition acts or illegal bans there are two things we need always remember follow the money and nothing gets an elected official's attention more than i am your constituent our victory over tyranny begins with a resounding ensemble of unity and civility government is the worst problem only when we choose not to participate because freedom is not a political pinball but our human right thank you and join us become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world thank you for continuing to listen to support and share the reasonable voice blog talk radio with family and friends especially online we enjoy hearing from you and in response yes we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors so please do continue to email us at the reasonable voice at gmail.com However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the Donate button found at the top of the homepage of the ReasonableVoice.com website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the Reasonable Voices heard round the world.